Hey, what's up, guys? We're back with another episode of Asymmetry. I'm here with Joyce and our special guest, Dylan. Um, Dylan, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, hello, my name is Dylan. I use they and he pronouns. I'm a senior at, do we say our school here? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Everyone who listens to this okay, podcast well, probably goes to our school. Uh, I go to school with Joyce and Garrett, and I'm trying to think of a fun fact. I have pet rats. You have pet rats. Pet rats. Wait, actually, I think I remember you talking about that at the JSA meeting I went to. I'm fluent in Spanish. You're Two fluent fun in fact, Spanish? I am. I'm doing it in college. Wow. Really? Yeah. I'm Are you majoring, sorry. minoring? I'm going to do elementary dual education. <laughs> what is that? Like, so, you know, like dual language? So the yeah. path is to become a teacher? Yeah. Got it. Oh. Wait, you were in dual language. Um, So how did you, like, become fluent in Spanish? Well... I mean, fluency is, like, a loose word, because, flu- mm. like, full fluency is kind of, like, impossible. I don't think it's possible to know every single word of anything, <laughs> yeah. but I started learning in seventh grade, just regular, and I picked it up really fast. I don't really know why, and freshman to sophomore year this summer, I had the opportunity to travel to Costa Rica and really? rehabilitate an animal sanctuary, and it was a really small group. And I was one of, I think, two bilingual people. Mm-hmm. And so I had the opportunity to help translate for the people who worked on the sanctuary. Um, and I think that really helped me. So I think all of those experiences combined. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I because I feel like when you're immersed in an um, environment where people speak only one language, like it really gets your brain moving sure. i'm speaking from experience because like every time i go back to china it takes me like three days to get adjusted to like talking to my family because mm-hmm. like my chinese skills are like i can only communicate with my parents so it takes me a bit to like get my brain moving but then after like it really helps my my fluency skills i guess yeah and i think that language is a pretty cultural thing too you know what i mean mm-hmm. so like if you're in a culture where they speak a foreign language i think that kind of by default you start to pick it up a little bit do you know what I mean no yeah 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 that was yeah so that's my niche fact because I don't I don't look like I speak Spanish Mm -hmm. so at the grocery store I hear a lot of things oh really which is so fun oh yeah like people hiring divorce lawyers what oh yeah it's very interesting Mm, that's like I feel like you're like Wait, I kind of feel the same way. Like, I feel like sometimes when I'm in China, like, my, my family, like, doesn't know that I can listen. I can understand what they're saying, but I can't really, like, speak it as well. Mm-hmm. So sometimes they'll be talking about me in the same room as me, like, thinking oh they like, God. I won't, like, understand or, like, pick it up. But, like, I do. I just, like, can't say anything to, like, talk to them about it because, like, I'm not that great at Chinese. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. Because it happens all the time. So what are you, what are you involved in at school? So, I am in JSA, Junior State of America. It's a politically non-affiliated debate team type thing. And I am also one of the co-presidents of the Gender Sexuality Alliance. So, those are the two things that Wait, I do. Um, is the other co-president Lee? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, Lee yeah. and I are, like, best friends. And mm-hmm. so, we are the presidents of the Naperville North Gay Straight Organization. That's which awesome. I think is fun. So, what got you into JSA? JSA? Um, I think that I've always been 
into politics, um, especially after coming out, I think that it's really important that I advocated for myself. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, Joyce, you know, I've always been very loud and opinionated. (laughs) Right. So I figured it was a good way to put it to use. And I didn't even know that it existed. But my Mm -hmm. mom... Uh, my, like, first week of freshman year, she was like, you should try this out. And I did, and mm-hmm. I've just been sticking with it, you know? Yeah. Um, what do you all do? Oh, sorry. Um, so, well, I had a question. My brother is on the debate team. Mm-hmm. What, like, what's the difference between those two, or how do the focuses differ? I mean, I don't really know. I would say that, from my experience, JSA is, like, the questions aren't, immediately political but they have like a political argument that you make about them you know what I mean so for example at competitions we make bills and one of the ones that I made I'm trying to think off the top of my head was like decriminalizing drugs right and so that would seem like it's just kind of a debate topic but you get political with it Mm -hmm. and from what I've heard about just like regular schmegular debate team it's kind of funny to say that isn't it funny (laughs) yeah um it's more like broad i would assume mm-hmm. i think because i would i would guess that's why they're separated but yeah yeah hmm. so with politics like how do you like where do you start off with like getting into politics if that makes sense where did i yeah um honestly i think the news <laughs> i think uh, I remember when I was a kid in, like, elementary school, I would always watch, you know, the Today Show right. before, like, walking to elementary school and things like that, mm-hmm. and um, I think it's good to stay informed, and so I tried to do that, and then Trump won the election, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay. That was a catalyst. I, I was like, I really need to be careful, so... I kind of figured that politics was an avenue to, like, advocate you know what I mean, for Mm -hmm. myself and my rights in the face of all of this, and so that's kind of where it started. Well, has it always been easy for you to advocate for yourself? No, no, because I mean, I would say that I'm not super confrontational, Mm -hmm. and I think that in an area like Naperville, Mm -hmm. uh, privilege is almost seen as like a normal thing, and so being like disenfranchised is almost like abnormal. You know what I mean? So I think it's difficult to advocate for myself sometimes because I think people are so, like, genuinely misinformed that you have to explain to them more than, like, actually do the advocating. You know what I mean? So if I'm talking, for example, about, like, something close to me, trans rights, it'll turn into a questionnaire instead Mm -hmm. of me actually saying what's important. You know what I mean? And so Mm -hmm. I think that that's kind of what makes it hard so to answer your question no how about for you um I think actually I have like a little bit to say about this because I wrote so when I was applying to colleges and stuff like Mm -hmm. that I did a lot of like self-introspection yeah I wrote my common app about um my identity so being like an Asian woman Mm -hmm. and um in, in America at least like Asian women are seen as super subservient or submissive and it's it's like rare I guess for people to be able to see us as like more than just like wallflowers you know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying yeah and I think when most people think of like Asian women they think of like silent people or like you know just like easy to push around but like I have never been that way before Mm -hmm. and um 
when I was younger, maybe like middle school and like early high school, I it was really confusing and um, I struggled with like these two conflicting like views, like society telling me that I should just be like quiet and like it's like I basically what I'm trying to say is that like I think I adapted my identity to like fit that way. So like I would like be si- or stay silent. I wouldn't like speak up for myself. Yeah. Um. But like around junior year, um. I decided to start the Asian Student Association at my school, mm-hmm. and when the idea first like popped up in my mind, I hadn't even like thought about like it was just an idea. Like it was just like yeah. I just want to have a community or like a safe space to be Asian. But like after starting that club, it really got me. It really like led me to discover that like I I do have a voice, and it, it, in a way, it empowered me to be able to advocate for myself and like all aspects of my life yeah um so that was kind of like my journey into being able to like speak up for myself and like you it hasn't really been easy because I think um in Naperville like people wouldn't really expect me to speak up so when I do they take offense to it um and it's like like the the act of even like saying or speaking up for myself is like it's just like surprising but also like seen as a bad thing or a wrong thing because it like directly contradicts what people would think of like somebody like me if that makes sense yeah I think that's kind of a good topic to bring up because I think that intersectionality especially in a more privileged area but I think also in general can Mm -hmm. kind of make activism more difficult so for me I live in the intersection of being trans Jewish and disabled Mm -hmm. and so for me I think that you know, I'm sure for you as well, living in between all of those things can be super confusing, you know, so, you know, being Jewish, actually Jewish people are pretty accepting, but, you know, with religion in general, there's Mm -hmm. always that little tinge of judgment, and then being trans, you know, people would see having a cultural identity that's based in religion as maybe some sort of betrayal, I'm sure, Um, because, you know, we have been kind of knocked down by a lot of religions in general yeah and then you know being disabled so I have autism and Mm -hmm. so people think that because I have a developmental disability that I don't have the capacity to think about these identities you know what I mean and so I think that especially with what you were talking about about how it's confusing to live and grow up with those things I think it also makes it more inaccessible because there's a divide Mm -hmm. between you know some identities that people may have like I was talking about you know having a cultural identity and also being trans and so I think that it's definitely important to talk about that as well like you were saying with advocating for yourself and kind of creating something like that because it can make it more powerful for other people to see that and that's not to say that we're obligated you know what I mean to educate people but I think that having a model like that can definitely help with activism as well Mm -hmm. because it's like inspiring for other people to see you be able to advocate for yourself um I think that one thing that really helped me be able to like make like make the whole process easier for myself is surrounding myself with people who are more like me Mm -hmm. um so like in in middle school and early high school like I said before I also really like I strayed away from my culture and my identity and I think that just made things like a thousand times worse like I was so lost I had no idea like who I was and like what I like like 
like what my existence was you know what I'm saying um and then like around like like a few years ago I started like making more Asian friends mm-hmm. and obviously like it doesn't sound like it make a huge difference but it has because like being a, being surrounded by people with um not like like-minded opinions but like like mind like like similar backgrounds mm-hmm. there's so many more things to like relate about and when you are able to relate with other people you're able to understand yourself more so I'm really glad glad that I started to like be more aware of who I was hanging out with mm-hmm. and trying to um, create a more um, like similar uh, environment for myself. Yeah, that makes sense. And not only that, you're going to trust those people more. Exactly. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, almost all of my friends these days are people either from when I was extremely young or mm-hmm. who are involved in the same things as me. So I see them on a regular basis and mm-hmm. I can tell <clears throat> that like who their character as a person is and um, how not necessarily that they're similar to me, but that I know they put in the same effort and wouldn't do like things to break that trust. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that brings up something good for like podcasts, but also socially in general, like the importance of community. You know right. what I mean? So like Joyce was talking about and Garrett, like you were saying too, um, you know, when I was in that period that I went through, just like you, Joyce, with, like, you know, confusion about what it meant to be a minority. I surrounded myself with people who were the opposite of me. Mm -hmm. So I would hang out with, like, these really, you know, bigoted people Mm -hmm. who were cis, so not like me. And I think it made me stray really far from who I was because I was trying to please, you know, those in power... more than I was trying to find myself Mm -hmm. and I think like what you were saying um when I started to find more trans friends like me I think that it kind of helped I would say like in general the 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 human condition of being a minority you know what I mean because you know Gary I don't know if you're part of any minority groups not really my business but um I would say that being around people like that who support who you are that in a way that's deeper than the basis of you just being a human do you know what i mean i think that definitely is something that is really needed and important yeah wait that that was really that was really good that was a really good point yeah um i think that when like during like my middle school transit or phase or whatever um like you, I hung out with people who were very different from me, like people who I guess would be like in power. So like I would try to surround myself with like white friends, you know what I'm sure. saying? Yeah. And I think looking back, it was also in a sense kind of like a defense mechanism where it was like I wanted like I wanted to prove to like the people like my like I wanted to prove to other people that I was different, I guess. Like I don't know, like I wanted to like I don't know if this is going to make sense, but, like, I wasn't like the other Asians. Like, I wanted to stick out, and, like, I was better. You know what I'm saying? It was just, like, a super twisted, like, mindset because now that I've, like, found my people in my community, it's, like, I feel more at home than I ever have been before, and I feel so comfortable with myself. And that's just, like, a result of, like, being with people who support and understand me. And not to say that, like, like, I obviously have friends who like aren't Asian like you guys um and I think like on the other hand it's also important to like be friends with people who um 
aren't very very similar with, with like to you if that makes sense because like having like um a balance you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. of people who provide different perspectives is also really good because like I'm not like saying like you should be friends with like bigots you know what I'm saying but like yeah people with like different um cultural backgrounds it's all like it's really important but like as long as you have a sense of community I think that's like where you can start to stem out and like make non-toxic healthy relationships with like other people from different communities yeah and i think there's a difference between broadening your horizons and disrespecting yourself yeah yeah exactly you know what i mean i would say that i you know and it is a little controversial but i am friends with people who aren't you know maybe the same as me identity wise but i would not be friends with someone who opposed who i was no for sure so i'm sure that you've encountered this Mm -hmm. people I'm sure, you know, are like, well, just because I'm, you know, not, like, pro-Asian lives doesn't mean we can't be friends. It doesn't mean I hate you, but it's like, yes, it does. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I Mm -hmm. think that there's, I think the people who are in power actually use that against us. You know what I mean? They're Mm -hmm. like, well, you, you know, you hate us. You're not, you're being judgmental. You want to, like, you know, stick to your own group of people but that's not like a bad thing exactly but i think that there's a difference between being friends or associating with people who are different to you and disrespecting who you are to please Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean no i know like i know what you mean exactly and um one thing that i want to say is that like i also okay like i have been friends with like asian people in the past who um, this is, like, a little bit different from what you're talking about, but I think it still, like, kind of sticks to your point. Sure. Asian people who make, like, racist jokes or are very clearly, like, they're not comfortable with their own race, mm-hmm. and they project that by, like, by just being racist to themselves mm-hmm. and enabling, like, I don't know, racism, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, I, like, have made a promise to myself to, like, not be friends with those type of people because, like if someone else is not comfortable with their own identity, like, they're going to be pulling me down with them. Um, But, yeah. I think that, you know, I think that that's also something that's pretty common, and it's kind of a stretch in, like, sports culture, too. So, like, Mm. Garrett, what you're involved in. I think that, um, you know, when you're in a team of, like, you know, the bros and things like that, so much goes, like, just flies under the radar you know um and I think that it gets hidden behind the idea of community and I think that's something super common you know in just the realm of politics in general is that people you know who are on the more Trump side of things will kind of you know use that idea of a community Mm -hmm. as a way to harm and, you know, Garrett, I mean, I think that you could speak to that. You know what I mean? Like, the sports culture letting things fly. You know what I mean? Um, I'm not saying you do it. I mean... I know you don't. I, I you know what I mean? I don't... <clears throat> I'm kind of lost. But uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I, but, like... Like, what do you mean by letting things fly? Like, locker culture. Oh, well... Okay, well, this is hard, but um, when when you say when you okay when you say locker culture, what is your perspective on locker culture? What do I think? I yeah. think that there's a line to be drawn. I think that 
you know, you can have organic conversations, but when it turns disrespectful, I think that's a problem. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, yeah, so, I don't know. At least for so the wrestling team, at least for the wrestling team, for the gymnastics team, we don't like going to the locker rooms. But uh, for the wrestlers, there's like, there's an unspoken code where, and if somebody violates that code, they get flack for it, and they mm-hmm. get, like, somebody did violate. Like, so... Almost everybody's, not almost everybody's been through it, but like somebody on the team did something, like said something to me a few years ago, and other people heard heard it, and the response was, like just teaching the other person why that's wrong and like mm-hmm. kind of you know punishing them, yeah. but uh, at, but at the same time like the locker room, a lot of bonding goes on in there, sure. um, and at least for the wrestling team, and. I always say this and people always freak out, but we all shower together. Like, um, you know what I, but you know what I mean? It's just like an open shower. It's like at a gym or something. I mean, there's, it's not like individual stalls. Like it's just an open shower, but, um, like, I don't think, I don't, I don't have, I don't think the locker room culture is not, is a bad thing. Yeah. I, I actually think it's great for the team and, uh, cause like after practice, you're all you're all like mentally fried you're physically fried everybody wants to just laugh and have a good time so it's like um you just go down there laugh and then get out and that's it but if you're somebody who like doesn't want to talk then you can just i don't know stick to yourself yeah like yeah like people like we always understand and we tell everybody knows whose boundaries is whose and what they need and i don't think anybody gets violated or anything at least with the wrestling team yeah uh we do a good job of respecting each other that's interesting because like um i had like a really different experience with like swim team okay okay Okay. but i do want to say wait real quick yeah i think guys locker rooms are a lot different from from what i've heard okay i think guys locker rooms are a lot different from girls locker rooms i think well okay like for swim team Okay, I'm going to preface this with saying that I was only on some team for a year because I quit after freshman year. So, um, obviously, I didn't, like, go down, like, all four years with the same people. But it was, like, the first year was, like, it just sucked, so I quit. But the difference with, like, swim team is that we use, like, different lockers. Like, we, we use the swim lockers and stuff like that. And it's, like, there are, okay, when I was on swim team, there are, like, so many people. Like, 60 girls and, like, that. Do you know, have you guys been in the swim locker rooms before? yeah yeah they're so small right there's like literally like four showers um so people would just like quickly rinse and then like um go change and stuff like that but that was like that's besides the point um when i was a freshman the freshman girls like had the most girls on the team than like any other grade Mm -hmm. um but i still struggled to like make friends and i i like don't want to okay basically like in my grade, there were only, th- like, three girls who weren't white, mm. and everybody else was white, mm-hmm. and the other thing was that, like, um, a lot of these girls have been swimming together on the same swim team for, like, years, like, um, in, in the Naperville area, there's, like, Mavericks, and then um, I was on Wheaton Swim Club, so I only knew, like, a few people from, like, when I first started, at, like, high school swimming and stuff like that, um, but, like, regardless, like, I just, like, I felt very out of place mm-hmm. and um it might have been harder for like the team captains that year to like make a personal connection with like 
all the girls, mm-hmm. but I, like, never felt any connection to, like, anybody on the swim team, um, and the only friend I had was, um, my other friend who was also not, not white, you know uh-huh. what I'm saying, so we kind of stuck together, um, but, like, I don't know, it was just, like, it, it felt very exclusive, yeah, and, but then the other thing is that, um, one of my friends from that year, like, uh, when I first, like, she stayed on swim team for all four years and she came up to me the other day and she was like oh like me and some of the girls like um we were talking about all the people who like have quit swimming throughout the years and like it was just she was talking about how like it's funny because like now they're all like so close and like it's like weird to them that like there were other girls on the swim team at like one point I don't know it's like I yeah it's just kind of like what sorry yeah finish your point oh no I didn't have a point okay um But do you attribute that, I don't know, social outlier, outcast Mm -hmm. type of, like, situation to the locker rooms? No. (laughs) Okay. No, yeah. I, like, start off with the locker rooms, but I kind of, like, straight. But I think I I attribute that with, like, the fact that I wasn't white. And I know that, like, that's kind of a really bold statement to make. But, like, I'm just trying to say that, like, like, none of them ever, like, made an effort to talk to me. Like, I, it was just so hard to, like, find people that I was, like, yeah. that wanted to even talk to me in the first place. And, like, after, like, and, like, swim team is, like, it's, like, a little bit different from other sports because it's so much time with the same people because it's, like, 5 a.m. swim practice to 7 a.m. Um, every single day and then swim practice after school from 3.30 to 6. So it's doubles every single day and then swim meets on the weekend. So, like, you're spending so much time with these people. And after, like, three months of doing that, I, like, started off swim team and I left swim team with, like, the same like nothing like really yeah i didn't i didn't make any friends i feel like that's gotta be more swim or like yeah i that's crazy because uh like especially gymnastics every year i come in and i no shade to any of the gymnastics kids (laughs) but the people on the gymnastics teams like they're a lot different from me like they're they come from all different walks of life Mm -hmm. and they all have like different interests and stuff but so like on day one it might be a little bit awkward but always by the end of the season we're literally like all comfortable like dancing together like like a bunch of dudes in the gymnastics (laughs) room like dancing as they're working out and stuff Mm -hmm. um and like making jokes and stuff it's just it's and with that with wrestling too especially um i feel like everybody makes uh, even like the social outcasts on yeah. the team m- make friends on the team yeah, and are accepted i don't i'm not like i feel like swim team is just like it, it's a different it's different than other sports because i know like my cross-country friends my tennis friends like they're they all have like they all found their community within their sport but like for swimming it was not the same and like when you're talking about like how you guys like dance during like working out the other thing is like with swimming like you can't talk when you're like swimming obviously yeah so I don't know. It's just, like, not a lot of room to, like, m- make friends. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. But, like, did you guys have, like, long days at meets and stuff? Yeah. But I just sat with, like, my friend. Like, it was... I, I don't know. I just, like, didn't make any friends. And, Got like... It. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad I quit because, like... No, that sounds miserable. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was so bad. That sounds awful. Um, but, Dylan, have you been on any sports in high school? I have not. Um... I think that I actually do attribute it to be trans. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, for from freshman through junior year, I took what is it called like PE 
fitness. It's the the non-changing gym class. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really have that experience. But this year is the first year that I'm actually changing in the locker rooms. Oh, yeah. And I think that... I would say over quarantine, I kind of gained that sense of self, but like you were mm-hmm. talking about, about feeling an outcast, I can only imagine how unsafe I would have felt. Mm-hmm. And bringing up the locker room thing, because of what, Garrett, you're talking about, I think that, I don't think locker room culture is a problem if it's talking. I think that locker room culture, what people take issue with, is the letting things slide because it's a private setting. You know what I mean? And I can only imagine that if I was on a sports team that that would have happened all the time. You know what I mean? Because it happened in school. You know, things like that where people would make those, like, really snide comments and things like that. Like, people would get mad at me in and out of school and they would be like, okay, ma'am. What? Yeah, because people use that sort of, you know, crude talk about identity as a a weapon to harm. And I think that you know, Garrett, with what you're talking about, like, wrestling and gymnastics, I've seen it's very diverse, which I think is great, but I think that what people take issue with locker room-wise is that people will have these conversations in a private setting and think that it's a pass to be rude. You know what I mean? But to answer your Mm -hmm. question, short answer, no. (laughs) (laughs) I, like, totally went off on a tangent. That was interesting, though. And I completely understand where you're coming from because I personally haven't really had negative experiences, but that's my situation is completely different from anybody else. So other people have different experiences, and, yeah, I can see the problems there. Um, Okay, wait. Talking randomly, though, because... I did see, because I saw you on the wrestling and I think the gymnastics, like the little pictures in the hallways. Can we talk about how badly lit they are? Have you seen them? Oh, wait, like the driven one? Yes. Yeah. They're so They're bad. Sh- wait, <laughs> like the, they literally. The, the captain photos? <laughs> yeah. All of them. Because it's not that the people, like the lighting is just so bad. They did everybody. Are you talking so about like the lighting in the photo itself? Yeah. Yeah, I don't. Well, for the wrestling one especially, they, the guy just randomly made ours black and white. Like really? every, every, everybody <laughs> else's photo is in color and ours is black and white wait i haven't even watched past the wrestling one before i haven't you seen definitely it. have okay I'll, it's I'll right it's right out. next to the i think it's right next to the girls locker room it's okay, like you I'll know the door it. to the boys locker room yeah it's directly across from okay that. okay and then the gymnastics one is where it's hard to see because it's on the it's on the it's in the hall going towards the you know the stairs that go up to the yeah, sw- I do, I do. swim balcony yeah, in the lifting yeah, room? Yeah. yeah, it's in there. Huh. But, uh, yeah. Do you guys want to know something um, kind of fucked up about, like, one of my, one of my friends is, like, the um, captain of the tennis team. Uh-huh. Yeah. And when she went in to, to take photos, the photographer was, like, completely sexist. Are you shitting me? Because, so basically, like, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but in every single poster, all the captains or, like, whoever's in the photo, they're all, they're not smiling. Like, they're, like, power posing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then if you look at tennis, they're, like, They're holding... cheesing, big. Yeah, I, noticed <laughs> yeah, smiling, I noticed they're, like, that. I noticed that. They're all cheesing. Rackets. And so basically, like, what she's told me was that, like, when she walked in, like, the guy was, like, oh, like, okay. So there were, like, components of the story that I'm totally forgetting. Okay. So, but the main thing was that, like, he said that they had a smile because tennis was, like, a wom- like a woman's like not like are you fucking I don't know like me? something like super just out I, of pocket. I don't like, think it's because it was a woman's sport. It's probably more along the lines of it's tennis. It's not like, like like with wrestling. Like it's a violent, conflictual sport from an outside point of view. Yeah. Whereas tennis, it's like 
I feel like even when you're watching tennis on TV, it has a very almost like golf vibe to what? it. What? Have you but seen you... Serena Williams? Like she, she. No, but like it's quiet and they clap. No. That's not. Wait. Okay. Well, would you? Okay. So, so, it, so if tennis is like a less violent sport and that violent, and that's why they're smiling. What would you say about the water polo ones where they're not smiling? Do you think that's a violent sport? I think it's a lot more violent than tennis. Wait, water polo is kind of violent. Yeah. Like, I know it? your point, but like, do you know what yeah, I mean? No. Yeah, and I, I get what you saying. mean. I'm just trying to like say why the photographer would be acting that way. But like, no, yeah. but, but even like, that but I'm not defending kind of like... him or anything. I'm not trying to say. But like, wait, I'm pretty sure even the golf photos, like, they're not smiling. It's. Literally... I noticed that too because yeah. I thought that was funny because no, oh, like, you think you're mm, tough? You hit a golf ball, bud. But like, it's no shade to golf players. <laughs> oh my god, I just I think that like. It's just like dumb, like no, like, no. I I don't know, like, Why I don't. Think what about like that? the cross country photos? Were they smiling in cross country? No, no. it's no. just tennis. No, it's just really? tennis. It's, and I think maybe one other sport, but I don't like it. It was like um, I don't know, I don't know, but when I heard that, I was like, oh my god, like that's kind of fucked up. Also, like I think he said something about like how they wear skirts too in tennis, and like just I don't know. Uh, I, that's weird. Why do they wear skirts in tennis? I like, as a, as a totally neutral question, think, why is um, that a thing? Well, I don't think it's, like, every... Like, it's just an option, I guess. Because, like, some people wear shorts. I don't know. Like, on the team? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought it was, like, a uniform thing. Wait, um, I, I think that with the uniforms, like, they only have the top uniform, and then they can wear any bottoms. I actually have no clue if that's right, though. Maybe mm. it's because it's what the, the like, high-up-level tennis players wear. But I wonder why they wear them high up. I don't know. Why, I'm does, just saying. Mm, but didn't like, Serena so Williams wear pants? Didn't like, she get like, um, like wasn't like didn't she get disqualified for wearing like something that wasn't like traditionally tennis? Did she actually? I don't wait. I might be, ugh, dude. I don't know. But this was There's like a no while way. ago. They wouldn't disqualify Serena Williams. Let's look this for up. clothing. For it was, but I think it was like a fucking like bodysuit. Wait, I wait. Actually, do look it up because I'm kind of I'm kind of interested right now. Okay, let's look this up. Okay, wait, I want to cut this part out of the thing. This isn't telling me anything. Okay. There's no way they disqualify This isn't telling Williams. me... Oh, okay, so you are thinking she did get disqualified for something, but it wasn't dress code. So, and I'm pretty... This actually could be Serena Williams' fault. I don't really know the whole story. I'm not super deep into tennis, but remember when she, like, yelled at the referee... She got, like, fined and fired. Really? Like, for real fired. Serena Williams fined over outbursts during file, and she received probation. What? I know. For yelling at somebody? Yeah, but Dude, I don't... tennis is such a, like... No, I'm telling you, bro, if you watch tennis on the TV, they clap. Like, but it's they're... like one of, it's like one of those. Yeah, like yeah, it's, it's like you know a golf I mean? clap. That's what I'm trying to say. It's like, it's quiet, they're watching. That's true. And then, like, somebody scores a point, and they're like... Oh my god! What? No one. I wait, wait, wait. There's no like yeah. When I'm at Tiffany's tennis matches. I'm screaming. I'm screaming like. But you're not in Wimbledon. Wait, okay. You're not at the Olympics. <laughs> this decision reached Saturday by the Grand Slam committee guaranteed that Williams would be fined at least eighty two thousand five hundred dollars for her outburst. That's so dumb. What the hell? Wait, I don't really like. I don't really watch sports, so I don't like. But that's, like, a lot of, like... That's dumb. I feel like... Wait, is that, like, dumb? Wait, oh, my God. This is, like... Well, sports players get fined pretty regularly. Like, uh, this funny... Uh, I, th- this is just a coincidence, but on, on like, the Instagram page for sports players ESPN... It was one of those. Bleacher Report. I don't know. But there was, like, Jimmy Butler, who's a famous basketball player. 
And then some other guy, I think his name is Joe Inglis. I might be mispronouncing that. But anyways, they were like chirping at each other, if you know what I mean, during the game. Chirping. Yeah, like uh, like taking pot shots at each other. And then, like apparently there was like a couple of tentacle fouls, which in basketball is like a penalty uh-huh. um, for being like too rough or like being antagonistic. But uh, then the both of them basically said, nah, we don't, because like both of them have been fined a bunch of times. Because mm-hmm. I guess getting fined is pretty like, typical in basketball if you get like technicals and stuff mm-hmm. so they were like we don't want to get fined and they were like let's keep our money so i thought that was funny that it's that much of a like normal thing yeah <laughs> that like they were worried about like just because i don't think they did anything crazy they were just like kind of going at it with each other huh. in the sport what's weird is that i feel like during actual sports games people are like abide by the rules or they get in trouble you know like fights and things are broken up almost immediately but spectator sports are so dirty outside of the actual game like there's Mm. so much sleazy shit that goes on with all of that stuff you know what i mean and i was reading the article so i actually did like skim over it it says that i don't know why it's such a big deal but it says that if she had yelled again or if she gets another fine during that season that she would have been fined a hundred seventy five thousand dollars and like fully fired Dude, that's like that's a full so dumb. salary. Like right? that's a whole year of working. Well, More I mean, than that. it obviously depends on what she's yelling and the context of it. Yeah. Yeah. See, I don't know the rules. But Serena Williams isn't canceled. At least I don't think she is. So she probably yeah. wasn't saying anything terrible. She was probably just mad. I don't even know what happened because I remember seeing the video. She like smashed her racket on the ground or something like that. Wait, I which is like very dramatic, but I don't know if it's a big deal. But I just like, wait, okay, wait. This is not. This is a kind of off topic because okay. it was at my friend's um tennis match, and I don't think that this is like how it is in professional sports. But in high school tennis, um, you don't actually have a judge, like, because like everyone's playing their matches at the same time in like six different courts, so like there's not a judge for each court and it's like there's a lot of opportunities so like basically like the girls have to like me- like um score themselves against their opponents and obviously there's like, yeah there's like really? a, there's like an honor code obviously right but um at the sectionals meet where i went to go watch my friend um the people that like the girls that they were going against were like flat out cheating but like what? By the time that so like you can request a judge to go see you, but like you like they're not like there like you have to request them. So by yeah. the time they requested like a line judge, like um, it was like too late. Like the oh score was already like it was like really okay. hard for them to like. But how does the score get away from them? If the like why can't they just keep arguing? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm just saying like 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 I think it's just y- if I'm not gonna get the point because you're cheating, then you're not gonna get the point either. Like and then just keep arguing. I, I guess that's valid, but like that, um, the school they're playing against, like their entire, like the entire team, like cheats like, regularly. Oh my god! I don't okay, know. But that's weird. I know. What school? Matea. Of course it is. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, no! Because I was on science Olympiad mm-hmm. in middle school, and our school is so preppy. They tried. Is that the one where it's like the big rotunda, like the huge circle, or is that Niqua? What's a rotunda? Is that the yeah. right word? Do you know what I mean? It's like, does school's like a big circle? I think I know what you Mateo's mean, but I think that's one. Niqua. Is that Niqua? I think that's Niqua. I don't know, because Mattia and Niqua get such a bad rap, but like, 
I don't like District 204 kids. Uh, I'm just gonna say it out loud. Well, let, let, wow. it, let it be said. Wow. Yeah. Let it be said. I'm sorry, but, like, they give me, like... Is Central involved in, dist- in District 204 also? Oh, no. No, they're 203. Oh, are they? Otherwise, there'd only be one high school in District 203. It's like... Oh, oh, true. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Okay. Um, do you guys want to wrap it up here? Yeah. yeah. Sure. Um, okay. I clo- think... Closing statements. Um, Dylan... You come off as a very intelligent person. Oh, really? Yeah. Thank you. You're so well I actually really enjoy talking to you. Thank uh-huh. you. Um, yeah. A Dylan sequel. Ooh, Dylan sequel. Might be in the works. It is. Mm. Um, mm. I guess you guys have to stay tuned for that. In the future. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And sorry about my raspy voice. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I really don't. I feel fine. I don't think anyone would have noticed if he didn't yeah, say it. Yeah, honestly. I don't know. Well, I don't know. Maybe people like my voice or my normal voice. I like your raspy voice better. Should I... More mysterious. Just stay... Start smoking. Y- oh. Become a chain smoker. Start smoking. Yeah. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I hope you guys enjoyed this discussion. Um, thank you for listening. <laughs>